Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you came. I hope you enjoyed today's message. All right. Today is week three of our sermon series, Sit, Walk, Stand, and I have the privilege to preach to you the Word of God on the subject of standing. And um, I just want to make a statement to you guys today to start this off, that you are called to be more than this. I just want to say it again. You are called to be more than this. I want to say that Christians in general have an identity crisis. We don't realize who we are. I don't know uh, if you guys remember this movie back in the day. It's one of my daughter's favorite movie back in the day. It's come out in the early 2000s. It was uh, a movie when, with uh, Anne Hathaway and um, Julie Andrews. And uh, it's a story about this young girl. Her name was Mia, Mia Thanopoulos or something like that, some really crazy name. And she was just a any, anybody, nobody kind of school, teenage girl. And her grandma came to visit them, and they found out that her grandmother was the queen of Ginobili or some country made up. And she realized for the first time that she wasn't just a normal person, a normal girl, but she was the princess of this country. And she went from thinking that she's just this normal, ordinary person to realizing that she is the daughter, a granddaughter of a a queen, uh, and now here she is a princess. So now she had to start to realize uh, her calling, who she was, and she had to learn how to walk different, how to dress different. They did a whole makeover part in that show. They, 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 uh, then she had to go before the country and learn how to talk different, and she realized who she should be, this princess of, I can't remember. And um, that's kind of how, what I'm trying to propose to you today. I want to just remind you all in this place, all of you watching on TV, that you are a child of God. You are a heir of Christ, the Bible says. You are not a pauper, a beggar, a, just a getting buyer. You are a prince and princess in the kingdom of God. That means you should learn to talk differently to act differently, and to walk differently. That's what this whole series is about. That's what Ephesians is about. We need to learn how to sit with Christ, to know who we are in him, to walk differently, to act differently, and now I'm going to talk about standing differently. When I was uh, 12 years old, I had a paper out. (laughs) And um, for all of you animal lovers out there, please forgive me about this one. Will you just have some grace? But I had a paper out. And there's this little yappy dog that would come chasing me on my bike every time I passed his house. And he was not on a leash. He didn't have one of those, you know, now they have those collars where it keeps the dog in the yard. He didn't have that. And it was just a little yappy Yorkie. It was like this big. And he would come running after me on my bike. And one time he got a hold of my ankle and tore it into my ankle. And so this gave me great anxiety every day. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to deliver papers. I was this little scrawny kid, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to deliver my papers. I didn't want to have to deal with this little thing going by. So finally, my dad had to remind me, Rich, how big is this dog? It's like, it's like this big dad. How big are you? <laughs> it's like, get off your bike and go chase after him. Like, I can, I, just bit me, look. So I, I took the advice of my dad. My dad's trying to tell me, do you realize how big you are and how little this Yorkie is? 
do you not realize who you are? And he, sa- and he says, I want you to get off your bike, and I want you to chase after this Yorkie. And so here comes this little Yorkie, chasing me down the street again. I got off my bike, and here's right next to me. And I got off my bike, and I came after him. He came after me. I came after him, and we had a collision. I'm just going to tell you this. That Yorkie never chased me again after that day. The Yorkie's still alive, please. You know, it's, it's fine. But sometimes you have to realize who you are in Christ. Sometimes you have to realize, you know, we all are fearful of different things. We have anxiety about different things. And, and we could talk about animals. We could talk about a thing that's this big, like a spider, right? How many people are afraid of spiders, right? Or bees or wasps or different things. And we all, oh, no. Okay, look at the size, right, of that. And how big, ever, you know, just... Just clap around it, you know, and destroy it, you know. And, and we get this anxiety, we get this thing. But we don't realize the authority that we have. And the same is true with our, our authority over an enemy that we have. His name is Satan. His name is the devil. And whether you like it or not, there is an enemy that is after our souls. He came to steal, kill, and destroy, the Bible says. But God says in Ephesians chapter 6, and in verse 10, it says... Uh, God says, finally, we've read through all of Ephesians. We just did two, two weeks on, on Ephesians. And he says, at the end of Ephesians, in six, chapter 6, the last book, the last chapter in Ephesians, verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put the, on the full armor of God so, so that when you take, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. The scripture is telling us quite a few things here. First of all, it shows us that we have an enemy. We have an enemy that's in the high places, that's in these spiritual places, that comes to try to destroy us. Jesus said it like this in John 10.10. He says, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy right? The enemy came. Satan came. Jesus is talking about Satan. He's saying that he came to steal from you, to kill you, and destroy your life. How well has he been doing? He does a pretty good job with a lot of, he causes a lot of chaos. He causes a lot of chaos in the world. He causes a lot of chaos even in our own personal lives, even us that have Jesus, and this should not be. Jesus says, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have, the rest of the verse is, but I have come to bring life. And to bring life more abundantly. Not just life, oh, I'm going to make sure you live. I'm going to make sure you live good. Right? You are more than where you are right now. You should have more than what you have right now because of Christ and what Christ did for you. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and life abundant. In Revelation, it says, woe to the earth and sea, because the devil has come down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. Woe to the earth and sea. In other words, look out, earth. The devil has come down to you. That devil is not, you know, like in the cartoons, we think that he's in, he's got some pitchfork, and he's in hell, and he's torturing people in hell. Uh, that's uh, really misleading, because the hell was actually made for the devil, and for his fallen angels. And that's where they will be one day. But not today. Today, the devil, the Bible says, is on the earth. Woe to the earth. 
and the sea because the devil has come down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. He knows that he's about to lose. He knows that he's already lost. And all he's trying to do is to steal, kill, and destroy anything that he can because he knows he hates God. He hates God's people, and he'll do anything he can to stop God's purposes in his kingdom to advance. And so he's come. He's our enemy. He's the enemy of our soul. Uh, and that's what the, the Bible says. The first prophecy of all time. We had a prophetic word today by Skip. Um, but the first prophecy in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, you can read it. God comes and prophesies to the devil. Can you imagine this? This is right after the fall of Adam and Eve, after they had sinned and and uh, uh, now all of chaos breaks darkness and sin and disease. All this stuff comes now into the world. And God is not happy. And he comes to the enemy. He comes to the devil. He says, I will put enmity between you and her offspring. Talking about Eve. There will be war between you and her offspring. Who are Eve's offsprings? Say it louder. We are. I will put war between... You, the devil, and Eve and her offspring, us. You will crush, you will bruise their heel. Does anybody's heel feel bruised? You've been bruised up by life, bruised up by things going on. And then he says to the devil, he says, but their heel will crush your head. Now... (laughs) You are called for more than this. I don't know how your heel is feeling right now, but we shouldn't just be walking around surviving and hoping to get by. We shouldn't be just getting bruised up. We should be the ones that are crushing the head of the enemy. The first prophecy of all time, God says, I will put war between you and us. You will bruise them, but they will crush your head. How many of you have been crushing the enemy's head? How many of you have taken over different things in your neighborhood and said, no, this, this depression will not last in my family. No, these people that are lost will not happen. No, this sin will not conquer my life. No, this depression will not get the best of me. I am going to walk in joy. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to walk in love. I am going to crush the head of the enemy. There is a war between us. There is a war between, our, between enemy and us. And he has even taken the enemy, taken ground that belongs to some of us. And he continues to try to take ground. He continues, persistent, he never stops. He continues to assault us as, as churches, as individuals. Now, I don't want to get hokey, you know, and like sound all crazy, but not, some people say, you know, the devil's under every rock, and because, because I did this, the enemy made me do it. That's not true. Some things happen because we're just not wise. Some th- a lot of things happen uh, because we make really bad decisions. A lot of things happen because we decide to do our way instead of God's way, right? Don't attribute the, the Satan's, don't attribute a bad success to Satan, some of, it is, uh, some of it is just the result of us not following God's divine laws. Some of it is a result of us just making mistakes. A man reaps what he sows, the Bible says, right? And some of us are reaping some of our bad decisions. However, we still do have an enemy, and he still is out to get us. And because of that, we have to learn how to fight. And the Bible is saying in, in Ephesians 
chapter 6, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I, I want you to, I want to ask a question. It's a rhetorical question, but I want you to answer this as honestly as you possibly can. When the Bible says, finally be strong in the Lord, how many of you are really feeling strong today? How many are like, oh yeah, I'm flexing my muscles, my spiritual muscles. Like I'm ready to, where's he at? Show me where to go. I'm gonna knock him out. Or how many of you are like, oh, whew. you know, like me trying to be on a treadmill right now. Oh God, I'm not strong. So I want to give you uh, three ways of how that we can be strong in the Lord, how we can learn to fight, to stand. Number one is you don't have to win. You already won. Jesus, Jesus already won this battle. Number one, Jesus already won it. Jesus came to give us ultimate victory. He came to, the Bible says um, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. When he died on the cross and he took the keys back from the enemy, he now is in charge of, uh, 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 he's got ultimate authority on this planet. He's got ultimate authority in the universe. And now he has won it for us. He was on the offensive. He won the keys of death. He won victory. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. He came to bring us life. He won the kingdom. uh, And the kingdom of God is prospering. It is advancing. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, the gates of hell will will, uh, not prevail against his church. The gates of hell will will come against it, but will not prevail. And so he has already won the victory for us. And so we need to realize that. We don't come from a stance of, oh, I've got to go attack. No, no, you already own it. It goes back to this, do you realize who you are? Do you realize what Christ has done for us on the cross? Do you realize that he is the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, that there is none that can stand against him, that he owns all, he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything in this, in this world, and he can do anything. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. And you are his heir. You, the Bible says, are sons and daughters of God. Now, if my dad (laughs) owned all the wealth in the world, if my dad had all the power and nothing could stand against him, don't you think that I would act a little different than cowering or being scared or anxious? I remember when my dad was alive, when I was a young kid, I was little, but because my dad was so big and so strong, I always knew that if I did something wrong, he might not like it, but if I ever did something wrong or stepped, I could step out in faith, I could do different things, I could say things to people that I probably wouldn't say if I didn't have a dad, because I always could run back and hide behind him. Do you know what I'm saying? When I was uh, in fourth grade or so, I was, again, a little guy, and 
I even had a bodyguard. I had this guy, this kid in fourth grade. He was a big guy, and he lived down the street from me, just a few doors down. And he and I were like best friends, and he was this big dude. I was this little dude, and he was like my. I said you should be my bodyguard. So he's my bodyguard, and we'd go into school, and like kids, if they try to pick on me or whatever, he'd just be like, you know, he would literally go stand between me and whoever it was on the playground, <laughs> and so I would say stuff. I was annoying. I was like. I was yappy. I was like that little Yorkie almost. Like, I was just like going at people at times and, you know, stirring things up. I did that all the time. I still do sometimes. My sister knows this well. I just get her in trouble all the time. I just go stand behind dad, <laughs> you know, like I, I just stand behind this bodyguard. I just, you know, I could step out. I could poke things. I could, you know, we have, I'm not saying to be foolish like that, but we have a bodyguard. We have the Holy Spirit, we have God, we have our Father that we can come behind in times of trouble, in times of need, and say, God, you've got this. How many times have we tried to do all these different things and, uh, on our own and then only realize, I can't do it? And so we finally go back to God and say, God, I can't do this. And we say, God, you're going to have to do it. And then all of a sudden he does it, and then you're like, oh, that was a lot easier. <laughs> Number one, Jesus already won it all. Number two, we need to stand. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that, when you, so that you could take your stand against the enemy's scheme. So if you look at it like this, there's an enemy and he's coming to attack. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible wants us to say, no. I own this. God has given me this uh, health God has given me my sanity. God has given me my family. God has given me this domain. God has given me this house. God has given me this community. This belongs to us, God. This does not belong to you. You do not belong here, enemy. And you can't have, I love how Joshua says it in the Old Testament, right? He says, uh, decide which God you will serve. He's talking to all the people of Israel. He's like, uh, decide who you're going to serve, whether the God's over there or the God's over here. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Look, the enemy may attack you on the left, the enemy may attack you on the right, he may uh, try to bring this, 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 but at some point, we have to learn as Christians, if we knew who we are, no, this does not belong to you. My joy is not gonna be stolen from this anxiety that you're giving me. This attack is not going to win. This, whatever it is, this financial struggle, this relationship issue, this, whatever the enemy is coming against you in, and again, sometimes it's not the enemy, either way, God, you have all authority and all power and I'm going to stand on the promises that you have given me. The promises are yes. God's promises, the Bible says, are yes and amen. Do you know what that means? That every single one of God's promises in here, and there are a lot. You should get to know them. Because this, these promises are the things that God has given to you. These are precious. It's as if, uh, again, referring back to the Princess Diaries, or if you want to look at it a different way, that you have this father that owns this huge, huge, multi-billion dollar castle and all the, uh, the, the kingdoms around it, and you're part of that, and you own that, and there's an enemy coming against it that's not as strong as 
anything close to even one of your walls, let alone the army that you have. And you say, no, you're not going to take this kingdom back from me. You're not going to take this peace from me. You're not going to take this joy from me. This belongs, God paid the price for this already by sending Jesus. Is anybody with me? You are more, you are more than this. You are more than you are right now, and God has more for you. You know, there's been a lot of authors and different people that have, that have said this, but I just want to kind of say it, that the only reason that evil hasn't completely overtaken this planet, and sometimes we think that it has, um, and the world is bad, it's getting worse, you know, it's, but the only reason that it hasn't totally taken over is because of the kingdom of God. It's because of God's people. It's because of those of us that are saying, no, you're not going to have your way in our society and in this country or in this whatever. You have a new identity in Christ, a new authority. When Christ took our sin, he replaced it with his righteousness and his authority. We went from the authority of being under an enemy uh, to the authority of Christ and being under him. We went from a losing, (laughs) defeated team to a victorious, undefeated, never losing team. Come on, you know what that looks like, right? It's the difference between the Yankees and the Red Sox. It's the difference between the... If you're on one team, you're like, you get drafted by that one team, you're like, oh man, I had to play for the Red Sox. That's horrible. (laughs) Sorry, Larry's here, so I had to rub it in him, you know. (laughs) He's a big... (laughs) And I was in high school, uh, I went to West Tennessee, and they were really known for the lacrosse, and if, you know, the the two years that uh, I was there, my sophomore and junior year, we never lost a game, and... um, the way that the team would walk in was side by side, and they just, you know, had to be all in order, and everybody knew when West Jenny came into a game, they was all business, all serious, they're not going to lose. In fact, if they did lose, one time they lost, one year, one year they lost, and they had to go run wind sprints up and down Westcott Reservoir for an hour. And um, <laughs> um, that, that's just, they just didn't lose much back then. And, there, and then if you played for, like, a different team, a different school, you know, I felt bad for some of those kids, like, man, like 21 to nothing is really bad. And we have gone from a losing team to a winning team from, and that can't lose. We are on, we again are king's kids. We are uh, sons and daughters of Christ, of God. We are heirs of Christ, co-heirs with him. And so we need to come from that place of authority, that place of knowing who we are in Christ. Jesus paid the price, number one. Number two, um, number two, that we need to stand from this place of authority. And last but not least, that we need to learn, Christians need to learn to realize who we are, right? Number one, Jesus already won it. Number two, stand. And three, we can do all this because we realize who we are. When Bethany preached two weeks ago, she talked about sitting with Christ. There's no way, no shortcut to this, to knowing who we are, than to be, to be with Christ. When we sit with Christ, when we get to know him, uh, when Skip prophesied about this first love, 
when we know how much God loves us and how much he, he has for us and how much he, he will protect us and that he will go so far to die on a cross for us, wouldn't he do anything else to protect us from everything else? When we start to really recognize this and come to the revelation of that and really come into realization of who we really are in Christ and we really know that we are the, what I'm saying that because me saying that you're a, you're a co-heir with Christ and, and some of you is just going right over your head like, okay. But when you spend time with God and sit with God, you start to not just know about it. You start to really know it. And there's no shortcut to this. You've got to spend time with Christ, sitting with him, knowing him. And then he imparts to you and he shares things with you that you hear from him and you realize, whoa, God did this for me? You realize how much love he has for you and his love changes you because in uh, perfect love drives out what? Fear. Now you don't walk around in fear worrying about a little Yorkie. You don't walk around in fear worrying about some next trial that's gonna come or some other thing because you've sat with Christ and you know that Christ has your best interest and that he's not gonna leave you, that he's gonna protect you, that he's gonna provide for you, that he's always gonna be with you, that he has a future for you, that he has a hope for you, and that he has created you to be more. Amen? I wanna just close in, in, in prayer. I, and I just wanna say, that God's heart on this whole issue, and my heart too, is that so many Christians, and even in this place, in this building, and you watch it online, are walking around hopeless, defeated, sorrowful, <laughs> not realizing the bigger picture of who you are. You are heirs with Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That's what the Bible says. Jesus lives in you. The the Bible says, I'm just giving you scriptures. The same power that raised Christ from the dead resides in you now. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You can go pray for people and see them healed, see them come to Christ. You can pray pray against uh, forces of evil in the heavenlies and see people's eyes opened to Christ. When the enemy comes, no weapon that's forged against us will prosper, the Bible says. All that rise up against us will fail. That's what the Bible says. These are all the promises that God has given to us. We are called to this. We are called to walk in Christ, to sit with Christ, to walk with Christ, and now stand in Christ. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's not, look, and the power's not coming from us, right? It's coming from our bodyguard. It's coming from our Father, we're weak. We're, and you know, I always say this to the team, well, hopefully God will show up despite ourselves, right? Because 
unless God shows up right now, unless he gives you this revelation, my words don't mean anything, but his words are powerful. Unless God shows up and we, we put ourselves out there, we do, God has to live through us. God is in us and lives through us. He is our father that we hide behind. He's the one that is providing. He's the one that already won the victory. And so when we stand, he stands with us. Does that make sense? God, we just thank you so much for your word to us today. God, I pray that through this, that we, this series even, that God, we will learn to sit with you so that we can know in our deepest parts of our hearts who we are in you, that our, we, our, our identity would change, that we'd start to realize, God, you've called us for more than this. You've called us for more than where we are right now. Even if we're in good places, God, you've called us for more than this, to make a difference in this world. God, to make a difference in other people's lives so that others, God, could come to know you. God, there are, uh, there are people in our families, in, this, in our neighborhoods, in, in our community, God, that have never even heard what you have done for them. God, the enemy has blinded them, your word says, but God, we say no more. God, we say we want to see your word go forth, and God, we are going to start acting on that and bringing forth the kingdom of God. God, bringing forth your word, your promises. God, even in our own lives and into this community. God, I pray for those in this place that just feel so defeated. They feel like, I've tried, I've done all these things. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that that they would run behind you. God, that they'd realize that they are in you and you in them. That there's a relationship there and now you live in them and you can flow through them and you want to, you will complete those promises in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before I step down, if you're, if you're here today and you feel like that, um, you just feel defeated. You need to get a hold of this word, what I'm telling you today. Read that book, Sit, Walk, Stand. Get the journals. We still have some. And get a hold of this. Sometimes the promises of God don't happen the moment you declare them. Sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes years, sometimes many, many years, sometimes a lifetime. Moses had a promise to him that was fulfilled through Joshua, the next generation, but his promises will always be fulfilled. Stand, stand, stand. Stand, stand, stand for what God has promised you. Stand, even if you feel defeated, even if you feel hopeless, God is working through you and in you. Despite the circumstance, we are people of faith. We know this, we believe this, and if you don't sit with Christ, he'll show you. Amen. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's message. We want you to know that God wants a personal relationship with you. If you've never had that relationship with him, today is a great day to start. You can do that simply by saying, Lord Jesus, say this prayer with me, say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've walked my own way. I've done my own things. I've done what's wrong in your sight. And so today I ask that you forgive me for those things. I believe that Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross to take the place for the penalties that I owed. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place. 
And thank you, God, that right now that you are cleansing me from all unrighteousness and everything I've done wrong that has separated me from you. Help me now, Jesus, to have a relationship with you forevermore. Amen. Hey, if you did that today, we're so excited for you. Please reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help you in your next steps with Jesus.